0: Ready to unlock your team's full potential? Aim HR Solutions, rooted in the heart of Massachusetts, brings you tailored coaching and talent development services designed to elevate your business. With our personalized approach, you're not just investing in HR services, you're investing in the growth of yourself and your team. Discover the power of personalized coaching at Aim HR Solutions. Head to aimhrsolutions.com to learn more and start your journey towards success today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Human Solutions. I'm Pete Wright. Thanks for hanging out with us this summer, listening to our classic episodes from season one. Kind of keep things fresh a little bit. We're wrapping up this summer series, and uh, this is the last episode that we're going to share with you before we come back with our next Season. We've got so many great things lined up, so many great guests from AIM and beyond. And we're really excited to bring that to you. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about employer flexibility. What does that even mean these days? We've kind of crested the halcyon days of the crazy benefits, but how do you then retain the best people and give them the things that they want that are going to be meaningful for them? So we've got some great people here Terry Cook. Kelly McGinnis, Jillian Derby are all here with me this week to talk about employer flexibility at work. Hope it gives you some new great ideas. Until next time, next season, I'm Pete Wright, on with the show. Welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR from AIM HR Solutions on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and this week we're talking all about flexibility the roller coaster of the dot-com heyday planted the seeds for it with personal dry cleaning services and food and personal care but the pandemic has put a whole new emphasis on the employee first revolution employees want their employers to be more flexible and employers are trying to find ways to meet those needs this week Terry Cook, our Senior Vice President of Employer Services, Jillian Derby, our Senior Marketing Director, and Kelly McInnes, our Director of Business Development, join me to talk all about flexibility in the workplace and what that means, from recruiting to what managers can do on their own to foster flexibility. Terry, Jillian, and Kelly, welcome to the show. I did some digging into some of the advertised benefits through the early two thousands and into the twenty tens, and it's a bizarre trip down memory lane. I here's a few of the things I found: Um, on-site live workout classes and massage. Okay, Uh, how about a personal assistant for every employee? Awesome. Uh, Free beer Fridays. House cleaning services every month. And then we get into some things that give me, they, they really spark joy. Free mechanical bull rides anytime. Or, yeah, straight up, this is my favorite. We have the best homemade guacamole served in Culver City, and you can have as much as you want. Guacamole. As a staple of employee and employer flexibility, it seems to me this was an early expression of workplace flexibility when it was a lever we could pull for recruiting great talent, right? This is how we need to stand apart uh, from the rest of the field. But the mood has changed over the last few years. Kelly, I'll start with you. How do you describe the current environment around employer flexibility? What does it mean to be flexible today?
1: I think it means recognizing and meeting people where they're at. Uh everybody is at a different stage of life. Everybody had a routine over two years ago, and now it's they've had to find their new normal and their new routine. And employers have had to make adjustments to meet the needs of getting what they need done at their business while keeping households functioning um, with working mothers and fathers and children and everybody at one point, working from the same space.
0: So I guess that means, Terry, if I need it, uh, because of this big transition, you will approve me having a mechanical bull now at my house. I'm not sure that that would be accurate, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you still approach that with delicacy in your answer. Like There's room to discuss, but probably Probably not. not. Yeah.
2: To Kelly's point, it really flexibility means different things to different people. So when a company is trying to figure out what would work for flexibility, it's not a one size fits all approach. It's different for different people. So it's really about the company learning the needs of the employees and learning what they can and can't do like maybe not mechanical bull riding. Uh, <laughs> You're going to cement your reputation as an HR
0: buzzkill. You know that I know, right now, right? I
2: know. Yeah, so I think as, according to Kelly, I would agree. You need to know where your employees are at and really find out what you can do as a company to realistically meet them where their needs are. So um, again, it may not be extreme. It may not be individual to everybody, but really just knowing what you can do and what the employees are looking for.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what the employees are looking for. We, Jillian, you uh, are a, a great example of what employees are looking for, right? What was what has your experience been like uh, through the, the pandemic?
3: So my needs and my uh, aim working with me on flexibility actually started before the pandemic. I was hired um, as a part timer. And so I had been full time. And after my second child, I just realized I couldn't do it anymore Even with working three days in Boston, two days from home, it was still too much for me to juggle. So I was looking for a part-time and that's how I came across AIM and AIMHR Solutions. And they've been awesome with me even before the pandemic of working with me to create a schedule that works for them and works for me. Um, But then the pandemic happened and everything got flipped upside down on its head. Um, I was working from home, my husband was working from home, and we had three young children home, one being an infant, one who was four years old at the time, and um, my son who was in kindergarten, and then had to be doing remote school. So we had to balance the school schedule, my husband's schedule, my schedule, and it, it was very chaotic, and I, I think I woke up with a migraine every day. Um you know, my manager was great with me. AIM was great with me in working with not just being remote, obviously, but not scheduling meetings at certain times of the day. Um, understanding that if somebody was screaming in the background, you know, I that was just the reality of the situation. Sometimes it was me screaming. <laughs> I mean, it was just really a raw time, right? I mean, in the background, if I had my camera on, you'd see my husband walking by 30 times. Um, it was just a crappy reality that a lot of working parents had to deal with, but work never became a stressor for me because of the people I work with understanding.
0: I think this is a great way to transition, right? This is the experience of being invited as managers and team members into our employees and peers' homes for the first time, many of us, and that is a jarring experience. But that's not the only way the experience is jarring. Kelly, before we got started, you were telling us a story about a transition uh, that happened for you in your workplace uh, just prior to the pandemic, too. Let's, Let's hear that story.
1: Yes, it was extremely challenging. It was March of 2020 and I was working for an organization that was in the middle of transition, uh, a retiring CEO and a new president taking over. Uh, Neither one of them looked at things the same way as far as accountability of employees. Uh, The retiring manager expected um, exempt and non-exempt employees to clock in every morning clock in and out for lunch, and clock out to leave for the day. And the new CEO, soon to be CEO president, was going the complete opposite as enough to um, not, you know, uh, qualify for vacation time. Like He wanted to go to um, unlimited PTO, and people use it however they want. And I was in the middle, and I got to tell you, it was emotionally draining and stressful, and that was before COVID. So now you have COVID and you, I had 50 employees and some of those employees were there 25 plus years. They didn't even have emails on their phone and it was a complete lockdown of the whole organization and I had to transition people to, into a remote situation and some of these people were older, um, not technical, technically savvy, and they enjoyed going to work because they were alone. Uh, and so they have the complete opposite of like what Jillian was going through and the mental, I had to, my biggest concern through those months was the mental wellness, mental health wellness of everybody trying to help the mothers with the kids like Jillian and trying to help the people that are 60 and 70 years old to go to work for companionship and the ability to, you know, have, uh, people to talk to on a daily basis. So it, it was pretty tough it's kind of interesting we're having this conversation because my daughter will be 27 tomorrow. And I would have loved this situation 27 years ago. That would have been everything that I would want. I was in a situation where um, it was myself and another woman. We both had children um, running, I was running HR and doing payroll. And I literally, I I had 160 people hourly on payroll with three sheets of paper. And I had delivered my daughter on Thursday and took her to work with me on Monday because there was nobody to do my job. So this would have been fantastic for me. I would have loved it. However, 27 years later, I got to tell you, I don't like working remotely. It's not what I signed up for. It's not what I wanted to do. Like I looked at my life now where I would be out with people, meeting them and having my work buddies. Cause I didn't have that life back in the day. So I think it's really hard for companies to try to figure out how they're going to be able to maintain the mental health of people and where they are at their life life stages.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes for an interesting transition. And, and, you know, I I think what you're one of the things that you're you're alluding to is that we've we've had to adapt to work from home because of global conditions and now we have to figure out how to adapt to swing back but not to the same place right terry isn't that like when you're talking about um this in, in creating this environment where employees are feeling comfortable doing the work that they do however they need to do it what are what are the sort of best in class employers doing to try to bounce back to that new state
2: I have heard people even internally that have said to me, I would not have taken this position if it was in Boston full time. You know, so we literally got an employee because we weren't in Boston
0: <laughs> because you were because it's you were remote. already you had already adapted. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. So some people might really want to work in person. Other people might need to work remotely remotely or want to work remotely. So the, the uh, best-in-class, I suppose, employers are really trying to do the best they can do to balance everything. But when you're starting to look for new employees, you're finding a lot more people that are looking for either a hybrid or a remote work environment than people that are looking for the face-to-face environments.
0: It's interesting that you would say that because, you know, we just did this, this, uh, an episode not long ago about the, uh, managing across generations. And our delightful Gen Z participant said, you know, I've, I've never known a work environment and I can't imagine ever going into an office ever. Like that's just not a thing that, that would be important, uh, uh to me at all. And I, so I, I think that, really represents the, the bullseye of challenge for for businesses to figure out how we can maintain a culture and not just bleed culture when people no longer want to come into the same space again. I, I mean, I, I, Jillian, what would you be looking for if you ended up like now that we're kind of bouncing back? Do you see yourself going back into a job when conditions change?
3: No, I've gotten used to this lifestyle. Um, I can be there for my kids' field trips I can um, log off at four o'clock to pick up my child from daycare and spend time with them and then log back in at eight o'clock. It's less about the hours you're putting in and more about is the work getting done? Um, There's that autonomous, you know, autonomy, I think is like a big piece of that flexibility. And through having that autonomy, that's one thing I think my manager right now is really good at. Um, I've developed more leadership skills and owning things and driving the bus, if you would. Um, so I I could never go back to the office right now full-time. Hybrid I could do because um, I do think there's elements that face-to-face and team building that are really important. But I'm good where I'm at, Pete. <laughs> I'm good where I'm at. Um, but I think it's important, too, that companies realize, yeah. like Terry's saying, flexibility is not the same thing for all. Maybe flexibility in your workplace is you know, dress code flexibility. Maybe you're not everybody has to show up in business suits. Um, You know, it's just figuring out what your people want and maybe what could make them a little happier. But it doesn't always have to be remote because we know that for some of our companies that we work with, uh, manufacturers and things of that nature, it's just not a reality that they can meet.
0: You know, in the spirit of helping uh, employers, Figure out how to wade into these waters of being more flexible. Uh, let's let's go back to my uh, fictitious manufacturing organization and uh, what they're trying to do to help employees feel comfortable and have agency and autonomy to get the job done. What are the what, what would the high level sort of uh, thinking be behind an employee uh, an employee friendly employee first policy for flexibility in in this organization? Uh, Terry, do you want to start?
2: So I think a lot of it is really being creative in your approach. So we can't move machinery into somebody's house, so the remote option is not there for for those employees. However, what I've seen some employers do is think about what they could do to make sure that they were flexible. So that might mean starting times between seven in the morning and nine in the morning instead of a certain start time of the shift, because as Kelly and Jillian have mentioned, things have changed for for families and schools and daycares. And sometimes that just means that those workers may not have been able to apply for a job that started at six o'clock because they can't get there until eight o'clock because of school drop-offs, daycare, um, or caring for a parent, um, making sure that they made all the arrangements that they needed to make in advance. So that's scheduled. Start time being more flexible seems to have made a difference in some companies being able to retain or recruit new employees in those examples.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a, a great point. Like, where, Kelly, when we talk about how employers are selling their flexibility from a recruiting perspective, what are you seeing?
1: So it's interesting because I'm starting to see a shift where... Um, I just had a call a few minutes ago before I got on this where um, somebody needs to hire a part-time HR help and they don't want, they want the person to be on site. And so um, I kind of had to dance around that subject. So I have to have a candid conversation with the CEO and try to pitch that this has been working, but I understand why it might not work for you and try to get to the root of why it's not working for them. What is their fear of not having somebody on site? What is the benefit of having somebody on site? And see if I can paint a picture for them that gets them what they need in having a part-time HR person that we can provide, but might not might not be able to be on site. And so um, One of the things I noted when Terry was talking was when I got to that company that was I was at a year prior to COVID, one of the things, because I could tell that the culture of the company was very dated and I needed to get it up to speed because we were not going to be able to attract the younger generation of software engineers that we needed with a company that the average age was 55 plus. And so what I did do was, because we were on site at the time, I put a suggestion box with a lock in the conference room and everybody was able to put in. People took advantage of it and they wrote down um, little notes on Post-its and put it in the suggestion box. And I, like I said, I had the key to it. And that's really how I was able to start the movement in the HR department before covid on where we needed to go, not necessarily going to remote, but just as an organization to create a culture that was going to be able to um, support multi generations. And yeah, so, right, right. From, from a recruiting perspective, uh, I, I kind of, you know, I rely a lot on my intuitiveness and my gut. Um, on what's going to work for an organization, what's going to work for the client. What You know, it's, it's experience. I mean, I have decades and decades of experience. I have to say that that's probably the best asset that I have in my toolbox is the experience to juggle um, the needs of people and listening to what they need and trying to find a solution.
0: You know, when you talk about an employee first kind of initiative, asking the employees what they need seems to be a, a pretty key step. Uh, that's in, even without right COVID direction. or
1: remote or anything yeah. like that's just a basic one one. What do the employees want?
0: Uh, Terry, uh, as we wrap up, uh, you know, Kelly said something really interesting, interesting to me when she she highlighted that, you know, what are you afraid of, CEO, about not having someone on site? Right. What are you afraid of about this transformation writ large? Uh, if you were to tackle the big fear about this transformation to employee flexibility, how do you navigate the answer to that question in terms of speaking truth to power? No, that's
2: a great question. And I've had that conversation with several um, key managers when they're either recruiting or they're talking about some requests from employees. And it seems like a lot of the fear is about not seeing somebody and making sure the productivity continues and the teamwork continues. And so they're, they are looking at things that are very real to them. So part of what I usually recommend is, let's talk about productivity. How would you look if they were in person at their productivity? And how do you see that differently if they're not in front of you and they're at home? So there's still ways to measure productivity. You just have to make sure that you're making the efforts to measure their productivity. If you're worried about teamwork, make sure you're scheduling those meetings. Make sure you have interactions where people are getting to know each other and getting to know what they all bring to the table at the company so that everybody does feel connected Um, I think especially during COVID, we have the same things happening at our company where we've brought on several people during COVID that many of us have not even met face-to-face. So it's been really important for us to just connect any way that we can, whether that's through informal meetings, whether that's through formal meetings, whether that's through sharing things that are happening in our lives so that we really feel like we do know each other. And then when we do see each other face-to-face I know that I still feel like I know all these people already, even though I haven't been sitting in an office with them.
0: Jillian, you have been reaping the benefits of this transition. Do you, once and for all, need a mechanical bull <laughs>
3: at home? Um, no, but I'm highly interested in the dry cleaning services. And I think
0: <laughs> okay. my husband is
3: not very interested in the massage. guacamole would also be of interest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: outstanding. Uh, this is this has been great. Uh, thank you all so much, Kelly McInnes, Terry Cook, and Jillian Derby. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and talking about the big F word, flexibility in the workplace. As always, you can find links and notes about the show at aimhrsolutions.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere your favorite podcasts. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening. We appreciate your time and attention. We'll be back next time on Human Solutions, Simplifying HR for people who love HR.